Counselor Accents Podcast. Two school counselors who love their jobs. Oh, and they happen to have Southern accents too. Bless their hearts. Before you start listening, this is just a disclaimer. I've recently moved, so I don't have a recording spot figured out just yet. And I apologize in advance for the echoey sound. We also want to make an announcement that our first book, Growing Your Program for School Counselors, is now available. You can order it on Amazon or other major book retailers. If you order it right this minute, maybe it'll be on your porch by the time this episode is over. We would love to see a picture of you reading it in your favorite reading spot, so tag us on social media. And when you're finished reading it, and only if you love it, leave a review on Amazon. And finally, if you are starting to think about heading back to school, you may want to check out our resources on Teachers Pay Teachers. We have paired up with other school counselors this week who have items that will make your return to school a little easier. If you're listening to this July 23rd through July 27th, search BTS Counselors on Teachers Pay Teachers. Each day there will be different freebies, items marked 50% off, and some $2 deals. Check back each day, Sunday through Thursday, because the sale items change each day. If you've had your eye on a bundle of lessons, this is the week to shop. Search BTS Counselors on Teachers Pay Teachers to find all of the sale items made by school counselors for school counselors. I'm Kim Crumbly. I'm Laura Rankhorn. And together we are Counselor Accents, and we are doing a little summer fun, a little different, uh, doing a short little podcast on summer reads and we were having a conversation about this and we we're like why not share this with our listeners but i think it was because you didn't want to hear it twice like don't tell me about your books let's just yeah please just stop save it for the podcast yeah that was basically it because you know a lot of times in the summer people are traveling or you are sitting by the pool or whatever and it's just always nice to have that summer downtime where you're not maybe so focused on looking at data, but you can actually read for pleasure or even read something that will help you in your school year. So I would like, if I may. Yes. You have the time. Are we jumping right in or do we, do we banter? Do you have a banter? Do you, is there anything to banter? There's Um, always something to banter. There's always something to banter. Um, We can banter about yesterday. I took you to the hairdresser. To begin with, who says hairdresser? The same people that say pocket. There are people who still say pocketbook. They wear a slip. They're going to wear hose with sandals and they're going to go to the hairdresser. <laughs> so anyway, you are a weirdo in that you'll just show up anywhere to get the hair done. Like, like who do you use? I'll just go to whoever will have me. And so you just show what? up whoever. You're calling me a weirdo for just going to whoever, but you are also a weirdo in a different way because you sit out on the back porch and let your mom cut your hair with yeah. Fisker scissors. scissors that have some dried glue on them. I know that. And thus, that's why the hair is up. So you're but very I'm judgmental not, to be somebody that I am always head. judgmental. That is a bend that I need to work on. But I, um, I'm not really judgmental for those who are listening. I'm not. I'm really just towards me. Just towards her. Uh, because she loves it. I drop her off at the hairdresser, hair or us. She don't care. I don't care. And I go to the orthodontist, which I'm the oldest living orthodontist patient in our county. So I'm sitting in there with a bunch of 13 year olds and they're looking at me like, mm, why are you here? But I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, and while I was there, 
Well, and, and let me just say, I have a, and I mentioned it in a pre, I don't know when this will air, but I have a tongue thrusting problem. And I don't know if your child has a th- tongue thrusting problem, they need speech. That's the only way you fix it. Well, I didn't get speech, so I'm still thrusting said tongue. I have had braces, Laura, three times. Three times I've paid for braces. Mm. So I have not been back to the orthodontist since pre-pandemic. And I'm fully expecting to get my fourth set of braces. Now, the last one was the Invisalign. So uh, that's why I went. I did not know. Like, I... I just thought you were going for a quick checkup. I didn't know until after what your actual purpose was. And I didn't know until just this moment that you were expecting to get braces for a fourth time. And I feel like this is some trauma. I could have held your hand on the way there. You could have helped me. I had braces in fourth grade. I had them when I was 19. And I had them probably about, I had Invisalign about 10 years ago. So, you know, my teeth are constantly moving. But they had put these permanent retainers in and like, you need to get those checked too. Well, I had to bring the retainer that I have not put in since pre-pandemic. And you were here all day yesterday. I really meant to clean that retainer. So I get there and they want to see if it fits. And I pull it out and it is like, I'm like, he's looking at me, like put it in. I'm like, I ain't putting that thing in. I don't, I mean, that thing has been sitting somewhere for years now. You called it furry. When you were explaining it, I didn't want to be disgusting, but I'm like, I'm not putting, I don't, what am I going to, you know, what kind of disease am I going to get from putting this in my mouth? But anyway, good news. My teeth have not moved any at all. So, but he did tell me that if I ever needed them again, that they've even got a better, you know, the Invisalign was like so easy compared to the two old timey, you know, eh, you know, what they had back in the twenties. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I then got in the storm and had to get back around to get you at Hairs or Us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was quite an afternoon. That was an afternoon. I'm intrigued by what they can do that's better than Invisalign. It makes me want to go get braces. It just continues to evolve. It just continues to evolve. Well, I had braces when I was 22. I got braces just on the top from like one pointy tooth to the other pointy tooth. Yes. One tooth, my mom called it a protruding flaw. So my protruding flaw um, got fixed at the age of 22. I had them on for two months. Oh. The glue, I'm going to tell you that there's a reason why kids have have braces for four years it's so that glue can start to chip away chip off because it was not yet ready for those to come off and so it took the orthodontist I'm not kidding you he was in my chair with me pulling on my teeth the nurse Mm. was grabbed hold of his waist pulling him it was two people trying to pull these braces off of my teeth they ended up chipping one of my teeth I feel like I went to braces or us, like you go to hairs or us. I did not. I went, it was, it my mom. It was legit. It was legit. And yeah. So anyway. Well, your teeth are lovely. Well, thank you. I still wear my retainers. It is not, they're not in the bottom of my purse furry. I wear them every night. So. Well, I told him I need you to tell me to wear them. And it was funny because there's a bunch of little 13 year olds in there. And he's like, I said, so he said, you need to wear them. I said, no. I need you to dig deep 
and I need you to use your stern voice. And of course he was laughing, but he was like, you better wear your, and that really scared the kids. Okay, you know? good. You better wear it. I was like, okay, now I'm getting the, I, now I'm going to do it because now, you get it. now yeah. I get it. So I didn't wear them last night, but I'm going to. Oh boy. Okay. I know I've got to get back in the habit of it. Mm. Well, I feel like under my tutelage, you will get in the habit of it. I wear mine every night. So I'll just call. And I don't know why. You're not a time thruster. Can you not mosey on down to the speech room at your school and just sit in for a you session? You're teaching old dog new tricks. Okay. Yeah. I don't think that you need speech. I'm just, I heard you say the only way to fix it is by getting yeah. speech. And I'm like, it is. You're a tongue thruster. They can help a child that, and they won't continue to be pushing their front two teeth out like bunny rabbits. Well, you're a cute bunny rabbit. Well, thank you. Well, let's move right on okay. to now that everybody's tuned out completely. And they're making orthodontist appointments. Because and they're making orthodontist appointments because they're feeling they guilty not wearing the retainer. retainer from, from yeah. eight years old. All right. Tell us so, what our topic is today. Well, today, we're gonna, we've already talked about it, but we're going to okay. revisit. We're going to talk about summer reads, what yeah. we're reading. Because I said, again, you don't want to hear it from me. And, and you made um, some... You made categories for us, right? I did not. I was oh. going to, but I'm just going with it now. So okay. it just turns in whatever the however the spirit leads. So I have been uh, reading, and it is a fascinating, fascinating read. And I obviously a lot of people have read this book, and it's just new to me. Okay. But I'm reading. Well, you've blurred your background, so oh. you're going to have to tell us. Plus, people listen; they don't watch. Okay. The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks. So, plot, so interesting. There is a movie, but I have not watched the movie, but I've heard the book is better. But um, it is fascinating. It's a fascinating read. And for all of our biology and all of our science and, and all of our doctors and all that, anybody who took biology, obviously not your thing. But um, you hear of HeLa cells. But this, this is the one you were telling me about. Okay. And you totally tuned me out. But HeLa cells are actually, they came from Henrietta Lacks. And so just, I mean, you, you it sounds so medical. It doesn't sound like it would be interesting. But it's such a, it's such an interesting read that, um, you know, this was decades ago. And they took her cells. They didn't ask her. The, the family didn't know. Um, but the cells never died. Uh, and so that kind of launched this whole medical uh, revolution and this multi-million dollar industry. And her own children didn't have money for medical care. But yet millions were made off of uh, her cells. Are you frozen or am I frozen? Oh, you just checked out. Okay, I got it now. Well, you're you've already told me these things, so you're telling our okay. audience these things. So she, our children don't, don't find out until twenty years later, and and it really kind of dives into the lives of her children, and and they lost her. She died uh, back in fifty one, but of course her cells have lived on, and it has been like 
it was vital because though you know to to make vaccines you have to have cells and so it was va- it was vital to the polio vaccine and to uh, gene mapping and and all this stuff so it is her cells have been bought over and over and over and over and over again there's kind of a little um there's kind of since we live in Alabama there is some things about Tuskegee in here and um so it's just it's just a lot more than just that medical part of it. It's the lives of the people who were doing the cell investigation. It's the life of Henrietta Lacks and her family. So I don't know. It's just like how in the world? It's just fascinating. It's like it's science fiction, but it's real. Okay, amazing. So that is that has been my read of late. Your turn. Well, um, I feel like you started out with a nonfiction book, so I'm going to go with a nonfiction book that I am planning to read this summer, and um, it's called Crucial Conversations, and my husband's actually the one that found it, but it talks about how, you know, we're very Southern, and sometimes as Southerners, we beat around the bush and don't really say what we need to say, but people Mm -hmm. respect just those honest conversations, like sometimes People want to improve and we're too nice that we don't, or not nice, but we're too. Now I know why you were talking to me like you were yesterday. Yes. Okay. Crucial conversations. It was a crucial conversation you had with me on how I could be better. And I, I was not angry. I said, thank you for your critique. Yes. Um, But it's just teaching people how to maybe not beat around the bush and maybe just get to the heart of what you want to say in a way that still preserves all the relationships. And um, I think oh. it would be very helpful, especially for counselors when sometimes we have to have those tough conversations with students. Sometimes we have to have those tough conversations with parents and even with our coworkers. And so I'm going to put that, that's on my list and I will let you know. Oh, I am excited about reading that. I think that is really a good read. Yeah. Um, because you're absolutely right, but there are some people who don't need to read it because, or maybe they, they do need to read it because they say whatever comes across their brain and they don't yeah. care about hurting other people's feelings. So, and then there's uh, those of us who, and again, I think a part of that is that Southern, you know, we just, everything's good. Yeah. Thank you. when we don't mean that necessarily. Yeah. Well, and sometimes that leads to resentment whenever you're not really able to say what you are thinking or want to say, then that resentment builds up. And so I believe that this book, Crucial Conversations, would be a way to avoid resentment and, um, you know, just get to the heart of the matter. Okay. Uh, Okay. Well, my next, this is, okay, I'm going to do a fiction that I am reading. And this is an old classic, and I don't know, I am like gothic, Jane Eyre, Jane Eyre. That's why you dress in black all the time. Uh, That's, that's, okay, you know nothing about literature. (laughs) So this is like, I can't believe I've not read this book. It was, I saw the movie, which was with Cary Grant and um, Olivia de Havilland. It's called Rebecca by Daphne du Maurier. And am I saying that right? It doesn't matter because. No, everybody knows her. She's a very famous author, but it's Rebecca is the name of the story. And 
Uh, I, I've, I had it on my shelf for years and I've just never read it. And I can't believe because this is kind of, it's kind of a mystery, kind of a romance. Uh, it is an older book, but it, it kind of has that Jane Eyre feel. But uh, I'm, a, I'm a big, it was written in 1938. So it is an older book. Um, but I am reading that now. I picked it up because my favorite book is Jane Eyre. And, uh, but I'm a huge Jane Austen fan also. So I like period pieces. And I can't believe I've not read this one. So I'm reading Rebecca as a fun book. Very good. Well, I read two fiction books um, while we were gone. And um, they were recommended and I thought, eh, we'll just give them a try. And so one is called, and I would recommend reading them in this order. Um, one is called Just the Nicest Couple. And the other one is called Local Woman Missing. So um, I would recommend, like I said, read them in that order. I think if I had read them in the reverse order, I don't think I would have liked Just the Nicest Couple as much. Now, I do want to say that um, it, this does not bother some people, but it, I wish that books had a rating system, like, you know, how movies have a rating system. And if you don't like to, you know, if you don't want to watch a rated R movie, then you know to stay away from it or watch it with your vid angel or whatever. I do wish books had a rating system because you get into it and then all of a sudden, maybe there are some words that you wish you had not read. There might be a language warning for some people. And for some people, you might enjoy that. And so if that's the case, As I, I, will start you, I will read it and then say the words. Do it. Yeah. Add it to your vocabulary. Add it to your okay. crucial conversations. <laughs> so anyway, just be aware that there may be some language in there. So. I am so tickled because knowing you, nobody cares. Like crap or something like right. that. You're like, okay, I am I cannot read this anymore because they say it's the same word. Crap. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, and you enjoyed them. Are they? You didn't tell me. Are they mysteries? They All are, I know is they're porn pornographic. I don't know if they're mysteries. Right. I don't know. They are suspenseful. I was not. It was not something that you know. Sometimes you read those mysteries or suspense thrillers or whatever, and you think I'm scared to walk through my house right now. I'm scared to walk yeah. by a window. I didn't have that feeling on this. I. I, that, but I was in suspense and, okay. and I, I thought like I had it figured out the whole time and then maybe I didn't. So anyway. Oh, I like that. I, yeah. And I know you like a good mystery. So I that, do. I'm, not, I'm not surprised at all of that at all. Yeah. Okay. So my, in my queue is Hidden Valley Road, Inside the Mind of an American Family. What is and that? This is, is the a book. book you never listen to me, but yes, I've already told you about me wanting to read this book too. This is a family that has, I believe, like nine sons and six of them have schizophrenia. <clears throat> yes, I remember you telling me that. So this was, um, like I think they were having, um, now this is back in the 60s, and I think they were having, um, I think that their genes were taken maybe without their being aware, but um, this was like the first time that they were seeing genetic markers for schizophrenia and it kind of revolutionized the genetic research for mental health and the treatment and all that kind of stuff. But it kind of goes into, you know, probably how mental health was treated at that time. Um, 
with lobotomies and institutionalizing and all of that kind of thing. But it was uh, kind of, it looks like kind of a wealthy to do family. And um, then uh, they did have 10. I'm just seeing this. They had 10 and six of them were diagnosed with schizophrenia. And like, that was the question, like, how could this happen to one family? And so they, they were kind of genetically looked at and that was like the beginning of that. So that's, um, I, I was reading this other book. So I didn't order this when I had a friend of mine start reading it and she called me, she said, I cannot put it down. So oh, wow, I, I'm excited to get through with these others so I can start reading that. I guess I'm on that kick of that yeah. genes and, and like, um, how different medicine was and, and just the whole concept of those in that day, especially in the fifties with this other book I'm reading is that there was a thing called like uh, the sympathetic, um, like the response the doctor could give you could be his own discretion, whether he thought you could handle the truth. Oh, wow. So, yeah. And so he they needed to read crucial conversations. Absolutely. He did. And so you might, you know, have two months to live and they're like, well, you're fine, Mrs. Crumbley. You know, it was just interesting. It is interesting. And of course, you know, now we all that's protected, all your, mm-hmm. you know, history, medical history and all that. And especially, you know, taking genes without people even knowing that they're taking your, you know, whatever your cells are. That, But anyway, I guess I wonder I, if there's a study. <clears throat> I wonder if there's a study on does that, did that prolong anybody's life? Like they had two months to live and they said, you're good. You're healthy. Did it? Yeah, I don't know. But I guess the scary thing about that was you were leaving it at the doctors were not giving clear. You the um, I mean, they, they, they were, you know, they, and they were seen more as their word was the word, you know, yeah. and so, you know, now, People have more control of their medical um, treatments and their that security of their information and all that. So that that stuff, just how how that's evolved and yeah, are evolving. So it's that's that's good. So now uh, is it is it your turn now? It's your turn, turn now. Yeah. Okay. Um, I read a book called A Serial Killer's Daughter, and it is the the daughter of the BTK killer um from years ago it is her story as his daughter and what her life was like growing up and just the like the fact that they had no idea that her dad was doing all these things and you know you see these stories on the news and you think how how did you not know like and you think yeah I think I would have suspected but when you read her side of it you're like oh my goodness I I I see where she had no idea. It was fascinating to me. And then, you know, she was an adult whenever they finally found out who he was. Don't get too much away. I won't, but that's common. Like that's common. Okay. Okay. But I'm not, I'm not going to give any of it away, but it was very interesting to me. So let me just ask this one question. Was he a good dad? Well, it's hard to say yes when you know what his private life was. I know. I know. I just didn't know what her perception of him was. Yeah, he was a good dad, according to her. Her. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And to be a monster. It's crazy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So I would recommend that. Just, it was fascinating to me. Just to think that those two worlds, they don't go together. You know, he was 
according to her, a great dad and doing all the dad things and showing up at all the parent meetings. And, you know, that's scary. Yeah. I am now going to, and you can do podcasts because I know you don't watch a lot of television, but in the summer, I like to catch up on some shows and you know that I am in love with Wonder Years because it is a comedy, but yet it is, um, it's, it's a revamp of the old Wonder Years, like from when we were younger, Wonder Years. Do you remember Wonder Years? I do remember Wonder Years. Fred Savage was like a heartthrob. Okay. Well, yeah. And you liked his dad. You had and I like, and let's just go ahead and say that. So it's kind of a revamp, but I love it because it has the Alabama tie. This one is set in Alabama. And I don't know if the other one was. I don't remember that. I don't remember that it but was. This one is set in Alabama and it's set in the 60s. And it is a black family in Alabama. And so you're dealing with that whole transition, you know, how, how turbulent uh, the 60s were. But they they're funny. It's insightful. It's uh, we we love it. My family loves it. So I am addicted now to. And I think the dad may have been on the Cosby Show. He's been on something. I can't remember what he was on. Like when he was a young guy. Uh, so now of course he's grown and he's the dad in this one. But okay. I don't know. It's just so stinking funny. I love that show. Well, good. I'll have to add that to my watch list. Yeah, it's really good. Okay. And your well I know you're a podcast probably. Well let me say this. I know all of our listeners know who Laura Ross is, but she's been the queen. So every now and then she will post what she's been watching on Netflix and it's always like she writes it up to where you think, oh my goodness, I have to add that to my list or oh, okay. she's yeah. watching Hulu or whatever. So she recently uh, posted like things to do in Atlanta. And I was like, uh, let's give the people what they want. We want a list of what you've been watching on Netflix or <laughs> Hulu or whatever. So she did put together a list. So if you follow her on Facebook, then you can go um, look at her list of things that she's been watching. But she watches a lot of documentaries mm-hmm. and those documentaries that leave you like, what in the world? So I've watched a few of the ones that she's recommended. So I will defer to. Laura Ross's list. Yeah. Okay. But I will say you did mention podcasts. And so I do um, want to tell you about a podcast that I've been listening to. So a couple of years ago, I listened to the series called Dr. Death, which I hear myself and like, I'm telling you to read some suspenseful books. I'm telling you to um, watch the story or listen to the story of B- uh, read. The no story. wonder you don't want VB to go anywhere. My right. goodness. I'm paranoid. Uh, but read the story of BTK. Um, you know, yeah. I hear that. Um, but a couple of years ago, I listened to Dr. Death season one and season two, and it talked about um, these doctors that their patients died. And I do think that the situations between season one and season two are very different. I would be up for discussion on that for anyone who's listened to that, um, because I will stand by my theories on that. But anyway, so it was one of those podcast series that really left you wanting more, like I wanted more updates, whatever. So I recently ran across Corpus Delecta. Corpus Delecta. It's a, a podcast series to friends. Um, talk about these cases 
And they recently did a series called Do No Harm. It's about doctors who have, whether through accident or whether through negligence, whatever, their patients have died. And so if you listen to Dr. Death and wanted a little bit more, I would recommend Corpus Delecti. And I think these women are from Birmingham, Alabama. So really? Yeah. Try to get them on. Try to get them on. (laughs) To talk about murders? I think it'd be interesting. Well, and listen, I, w- I hope that everybody's listening to both of us. This is supposed to be light and summer, and we're talking about gothic novel, and we're talking about uh, we're sick people where there's people have genetic, you know, they're doing the testing on genes. It does sound like now. We, didn't you used to listen to Down the Rabbit Hole? I love Down the Rabbit Holes. They stopped doing their podcast, but Do you know I, it's a show now. Do you know that? Huh? Like there's a show now that they're advertising that's going to start coming on that's Down the Rabbit Hole. I'll bet it's a different one. No, yeah. the, the hosts of Down the Rabbit Hole, <laughs> they recently shut down their podcast and stepped away from podcasting. And I'm sad about it, but I'm sure it's still out there. And they just talked about uh, missing people, like um, people that had gone missing. And then they sort of threw their theories around to each other on what they thought might have happened to this person. Were they abducted? Were they, did they die? Did they um, leave their life? And so it's just kind of interesting to listen to their take on it and put the clues together and see. And the only thing it left me frustrated at the end, because like I wanted some sort of closure, like tell me your theory, but then tell me what actually happened. So if anybody knows of a podcast like that out there, I would love to listen to that. Yeah. Well, and I will um, end with, and I have drove you crazy about this one. And I can't believe that you didn't say, tell us about this one, Kim. But Food That Built America. I think that's the name of it. But um, that is, I, I've heard other people talk about it. So I think it's, I think it's the history. It is the history channel, not I think. But um, so I've heard other people. So this this must be a bigger series than I thought it was. But it's intriguing. It doesn't sound like it would be intriguing, but it's these you know, it's, it goes, it starts out years ago, like in the 1800s, and it built, builds up on these big food giants like, you know, Post Cereal or General Mills or Heinz or uh, uh, Hilton Mersh, Milton Hershey. So it's, it is really interesting. And, and I keep telling you about it. Yeah. Like, you're not going to believe what's happened now. It's like a soap opera. It is like a soap opera and it kind of all. So where do you okay, watch that? Uh, that's on the History Channel. Okay. Yeah, that's on the History Channel. I, so don't know anyway. I don't know if it's your storytelling of it, but you make me want to go watch that. And it's not a show that I would ever have run across and thought. No, oh, me either. I wouldn't, I would not have watched this. It, it, it was, it was on and I got intrigued and I absolutely love it. And uh, so it's a good one. You know, you know, it's just fun to step away from yeah. life and yeah. and take a break and just get involved in a podcast that takes you away, a book that takes you away, a, you know, a, a show that takes you away and, and you, you know, it just broadens your horizons, if you will, and I think makes us all more well-rounded and, and it's a great coping mechanism. So you've got some time in the summer. We hope that we introduced you maybe to something new well and um 
a lot of people are interviewing over the summer. And one of the common questions is, what are you reading right now? And every person that we interviewed for jobs at our school, we said, what are you reading now? Everyone. I would recommend maybe not some of the books that I've said. Don't be creepy. Don't be creepy. Yeah. uh, You know. Maybe some of the ones you've, you, you were more. That's what Laura has said. Right. You were more educated. Although the BTK story. You can make some conversation points around that there because some conversations. Yeah. But I don't know for a job interview, they may be saying weird. Interest? Yeah. It was no. so interesting though. Highly recommend. Yeah. Oh, Hey, wait, let's just say a book that you might want to add to your. What? A book that you might want to read to your, I mean, to add to your to read list is our very own book. Growing your program for school counselors, and we are so excited about it. So, it has been a two year journey and getting this book written. Uh, and it is so, I mean, I have to say it's an easy read, but it's very informative and it's funny. So, it's just fun if you can imagine taking your job as a school counselor and adding the the fun and the spice in the in a book form. This is the book for you. I, I that's so well said. And I mean, we wrote it, but the number of times that we went through and read it again to edit or make changes or whatever, like I would be laughing out loud because you're funny. You're funny. Well, and we love what we do, and we know you love what you do too. So we hope that you add this to your reading list. Yes. All right, so you can follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on Instagram. And pretty soon you can purchase our book, Growing Your Program for School Counselors. Let us know what you think.